Hey everybody, it's Sergio with Shellheads. Uh, I want to apologize up front for the sound quality on this one. Uh, I don't know what was up with the Skype connection, but there's a high-pitched whining behind Jeff's recording. I cleaned it up best I could, but rather than re-recording the entire hour-and-a-half episode, I figured we would just release it as is. I promise you, next time it will sound better. So stay safe and enjoy... Shellheads, episode 32. Hello! Welcome to a brand new episode of the Shellheads podcast. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Sergio. Uh, on the line today with me is your other host, uh, Jeff, uh, and and we are, I guess, crossing a threshold today. Um, we, we are not in the same room. We're not hanging out in Warp Zone. We're not hanging out in my dining room. We're actually hitting up Skype um, because uh, the world is ending, Jeff. It, it is. I'm actually in an undisclosed location uh, in a secret lair deep underground. I, you know, I wouldn't expect anything less of you, Jeff. I th- I appreciate that. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, we're we're actually recording this completely through Skype, uh, which I, I don't really like doing for Shellheads because we have such a good conversation when we're in the same room. Um, yeah. But uh, unfortunately, because of COVID nineteen, uh, we're we're having to to to, to just kind of make this work. Unless you're the Amish, then y'all are just cut off from everything and you're not listening to this anyway so it doesn't matter that's true i don't know if we have any amish turtles fans yeah yeah like we could record a whole whole podcast about what what i think the amish do uh but what we are supposed to know is about ninja turtles and so we are going to talk about some jeff what are we covering today on shellheads we are diving deep back in to the idw uh ninja turtles comics um, this time we are covering, uh, issues nine through 16 and some little smatterings in between some micro series. That is correct. We, uh, we're covering the, basically the second chunk of books. Um, it, it could have been very easy for me to be like, Hey, Jeff, read, read 50, 50 issues because oh. this is what I want to cover because I, I, I want to burn through this series so fast because it's such an exciting series. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 and this, this second set of books really lives up to that reputation. So, 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 so yeah, yeah, that's, that, that's what we're, we're, we're talking about today. Um, if you haven't read these books, I just suggest go do it. Um, because we're going to spoil a lot of stuff, uh, but we're also not going to cover the beat by beat story details because, you know, some of the feedback we've gotten is we like your show, which we don't want to hear you just recount what's going on. Like, yeah. give us, you know, and, and, and analyze it, break it down. And that's that's more of what we're going to do today uh, is talk about our opinions. We're going to break down like story uh, structure and, and, and that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of structure here. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, so without further ado, let's just uh, let, let's run through uh, a few books and and, and, and talk about them. Uh, the first one we're gonna we're gonna dive into is number nine. Uh, number nine. Uh, let's see. What what was the last thing that happened in eight? 
they've kind of like revealed themselves or April has discovered them and they're kind that of, that is correct. You know, it kind of left you on a cliffhanger a little bit. I was like, wait, it what? did. It did. Uh, because, uh, because Splinter was kidnapped. Yeah. Yeah. At the, at, at the end of, of book eight. Straight out of, uh, well, lots of different iterations. Uh, he has kidnapped a lot. <laughs> you would think a ninja master wouldn't get kidnapped so much. No, right? Got kidnapped in the video games. Yeah. Kidnapped in the movie. Kidnapped in probably the 87 cartoon and then also 2K3. And then think also the Nick one and just all in between. Yeah. Yeah. He's always getting kidnapped, which I guess is fine. If that's, if that's what they need to happen to further the story, sure. Uh, we we pick up this story with Splinter still kidnapped. Um, he is at Stockgen, uh, which of course is Baxter Stockman's uh, science science research laboratory. Uh, April is officially finally being introduced to everybody by by Casey, which is a really fun way to 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 to, to get her in to the fold. Rather than her meeting the turtles, she meets them through Casey. Mm-hmm. But she actually met them long ago because she named them, and this is the revelation where she's like, "Oh, I named you," and it, she, she almost seemed embarrassed that that's who, or that 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 those are the names that she gave them. Yeah, oh, which was kind of cool. I like, I, I liked that whole interaction. I did too. It's it's definitely, um, it's uh, it's is a fresh take, um, but still, you know, familiar. Right, right. Uh, the art in this one is still done by Dan Duncan. He he did uh, one through eight. Uh, he also on this one did nine, ten, eleven, and twelve. Uh, so basically, three trade paperbacks worth. Yeah. Um. Let's see. The turtles go to attack Stockton to get uh, Splinter back. Uh, Splinter is moved to the foot. Uh, we don't know by whom. Uh, but I guess we would assume that it is hun- uh, not Hun. <laughs> Old Hob. Uh, Old Hob, yes. Old Hob that moves him. Uh, Baxter, uh, the, the reason Baxter needs Splinter is because he's trying to get the psychotropic compound out of Splinter's blood because Krang still needs it. And he can continuously fails Krang left and right, which is interesting because typically Baxter is failing Shredder. And losing parts of himself. And yeah, and losing parts of himself. In 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 this iteration, he's just failing Krang. And for some reason, Krang just keeps l- giving him more opportunities and revealing huge secrets to him. Uh so th- that's pretty much it for my notes on this one. This one was a lot of setup. There was a lot of uh like a lot of conversation con- conversation time between the turtles uh, and Casey and April and a lot of uh, Donatello second guessing the whole reincarnation thing and Leonardo being like it doesn't matter we're family we got to do this and, yeah. and this, there was very a lot of tense emotion in this issue especially up, up top when you know whilst right right following the uh, the, the the disappearance of Splinter. Lots of uh, brother bantering. I I completely uh, agree. Yeah, probably more than I think in any iteration. Yeah, yeah, and, and the, the thing about the turtles is they do get to banter a lot in 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 a lot of the iterations, but a, 
a lot of the time it, it gets pushed to the back burner because they have other characters to service. And IDW has always made it a point to establish who the uh, who the turtles are as characters through their banter. Yeah. You know, and and a lot of times you don't get that opportunity in like a TV show or or especially a movie. True. Yeah. Um, um, what, what what stood out from this episode nine or not episode nine issue nine for you, prob- Jeff? The one thing for me, I think the most uh, was the that Donnie had a, a mouser that he rewired to help them break into stock gen. That was just really nice. <laughs> and and the thing is, is it's completely expected, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Like it's 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 Donnie. Like he's he's going to break in, and he's going to use a mouser to do it. Like true nerd fashion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what do I like in the, 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 the this issue? Kind of goes places, but it doesn't really go anywhere. Like there's not much story to it. Mm-hmm. We, we we have literally one page worth of story with Baxter. Baxter is in is on one page. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is two pages of the Shredder and Karai at the very end. Kind of is this this is the first time we see Karai, right? Or is it? Or does she I, show up in another? This 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 book this issue specifically is a lot of setup. You you learn just enough about all the characters to move the story along, mm-hmm. and. And they just kind of leave it on a cliffhanger. We find out that Karai and the Foot are the ones that kidnap Splinter to present him before Master Shredder. Yes. Which we haven't really truly seen up until now in like full. Like he's always been kind of like hidden. And this time we kind of get like this nice beautiful view of him. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 like a real a real proper introduction. And you know this might be Karai's debut, because like I'm I'm flipping through a lot of this these the, the old the, the the you know the books from the last run that we we did, and I don't see Karai in any of them. Yeah, which is kinda, crazy. Yeah, she kind of looks like her iteration from Two K Three a little, a little bit, maybe a little bit, a little bit of that, and a little bit of the um, Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing is, is uh, her character design you wouldn't like you wouldn't have to tell me that, that that that's her yeah we can, you can just figure it out yeah yeah sometimes with human characters it's it's kind of tough but that's obviously Karai yeah yeah uh, let's move on to issue 10 picks up right where 9 left off literally picks up right where 9 left off Spl- Splinter is is on his knees tied up at the at the foot headquarters talking to both Shredder and uh, Karai he ends up having to fight some some members of the Foot Clan. Uh, the, the first one being this really buff looking executioner looking guy. Yeah. So 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 there's that, and and of course he's Splinter. He beats him. The turtles end up continuing their fight over what to do next, uh, and April takes them to second time around. But before that, we have a nugget. What's that nugget? They're driving around the corner, and there just happens to be a gas station with a giant shell on it. I'm like, oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> see it's, what it's, you it's, did there. It's shell gasoline. Yeah, it's great. 
pretty great. Uh, so so yeah, they they get they, they get to go to second time around and hang out there, just kind of lay low while they decide what to do next. Of course, you get you know before they get to second time around, you get more of the uh, Splinter fighting this giant freaking henchman who yeah. looks like a boss character. It did. It, it you, really if does. You were, I was like a boss number one. I'm like, oh, like a like a well, mid a mid 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 level boss. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, like, there's a bigger fish than this somewhere. Let's see. We 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 check on Baxter about halfway through the book, and just like the previous book, they dedicate very little time to his story. He has two pages. Him and Krang have two pages worth of. <laughs> worth of story and Hob is there and basically they're just mad at Chet uh, and Hob can't catch a brain yeah for, for, for letting uh, Splinter be taken uh-huh. then we go back to second time around and everybody's exploring yeah like, like there's there's some again setup. we talked last time about how great the pacing is in these books oh yeah uh, because they're not in a hurry to do anything except set up the story and that's exactly what this this book is like. This book flew by because nothing happened. It flew by. It's, I guess that doesn't make that sentence doesn't make sense. But mm-hmm. you start reading it and you finish it and you're like, oh wow, that was quick. But then you realize that nothing actually happened. But it's not like the boring nothing happened. Like you're still right. kind of engaged with like, hey, like hey, Mikey find found uh, Silver Century issue number one. You know, or I'm like, that's cool. That's a throwback to 2K3. It is. It is. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Let's see. Splinter refuses to kill that boss battle <laughs> that that he was fighting. The mid-level uh, boss. The mid-level boss. And that's when Splinter sh- or Shredder's just like, destroy him and s- six the entire, you know, foot clan army on him. And that's it. That's the end of that book. Like, mm-hmm. So so many panels of action, so many uh, just well written inner monologue lines for oh, specifically, sp- yeah, specifically so Splinter. It was so good. Yeah, uh, there's just just a, a colossal amount of setup in 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 these first two books, and so much is packed into su- such little space. Like the two, literally in a two month period, there was. Three three pages dedicated to Krang and, and Baxter, but we know exactly what's going on with them. Mm-hmm. This is me clapping. I don't know if the mic is picking it up. I mean, I can hear it. <laughs> you know, um, but yes, this is whew, wow. Yeah, and and I really like Dan Duncan's uh, portrayal of the Shredder. Yeah. It is menacing. It is subtle. The red just the the red is not him, but the red just pops mm-hmm. off of what he's wearing. Like he he is the shredder that I wanted to read. You know, in my comic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and 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 we talked before. Like I'm not a huge fan of of Dan Duncan's work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I feel like this run is better than the previous run. Like he was finally hitting his stride on, on, on what these turtles need to look like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's really a shame that he didn't get to go get to do more with it. Right. Like the only thing I didn't really like was like they made he made their heads kind of like giant. Like giant? In some scene, yeah, like some scenes Mikey's head looks like a 
weird elongated like cantaloupe football thing. <laughs> and that's like that's like the only complaint. Like his art is definitely uh, improved, uh, and this especially when the scenes we when uh, Splinter is fighting the mid level boss, um, like a boss, um, <laughs> and uh, his his command of actions really nicely uh, conveyed. Let's go ahead and move to what is the next issue we have here? Issue uh, eleven. No. Yes. Splinter Micro. Oh, oh well, uh, the Splinter Micro and and number eleven take place concurrently. Oh. So technically, they can be read in any order. Well, uh, for those of you that don't know, you yeah, like it's it, it literally says that in in the book it takes place during number eleven. So, but we can talk. Let's talk about Splinter. This is the first micro of the second run of micros. Technically, it's it's, it's labeled number five. Uh, the script is by Eric Burnham, and art is by Charles Paul Wilson the third. And my, I have one criticism for most, or, or actually two of the three micros that we read today, and that mm-hmm. is they're rehashes of stories we kind of already knew. Yeah. Yeah, uh, because because and and while it does take those two stories into new places and it explains the motivations and you know character traits of a character you know that was alive hundreds of years ago, ultimately we don't learn that much more about Splinter. Yeah, in his own micro. Same thing with Casey Jones, and we'll get to the Casey one in in a bit. But the the the. I, and I'm going to summarize this one real quick because because it is nothing of real consequence happens. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically it, it it takes place while he's fighting a bunch of foot soldiers, and it's all like internal monologue stuff. Uh, how he, and 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 he's basically telling the story of how he overcome his his anger issue back when he was still human in. Uh, ancient Japan and he had a sensei and, and he lost his temper a lot. And he met Tang Shin who, you know, taught him the value of life and compassion and, 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 and not dwelling on anger. Uh, and, and then he was propositioned into doing, you know, a job and during the job he got angry and that caused, uh, caused him to lose his advantage of stealth and he had to fight his way out of it. Blah, 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 blah. He then is nursed back to health by Tang Shin. They have their kids. And the whole book is a lesson in managing your emotions. Mm-hmm. And it's not really important to the Splinter character at the, like right now, but it's more important to lessons he's able to teach his children later. Yeah. So we do get some good, like family moments, in the Splinter Micro. You know, and there there's huge doses of foreshadowing. Just when it comes to tone and 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 anger and how he's ha- what type of parent he he grows into, uh, as Master Splinter. But the, honestly, this micro can easily be lifted out and never read and you don't really miss much. That's just my opinion. 
oh, no, I'm right there on the same page with you. I know it sounds like I agree with you a lot, which I don't. Uh, but in this case, <laughs> I'm just really convincing. This case, yeah, yeah. In this case, I do. I, I definitely concur. I know getting to see kind of, you know, what Tang Shin was able to do, you know, for him to kind of, you know, calm that anger and stuff like that. And as you kind of go through, you see who was able to bring that anger out. And of course, it was Saki. <laughs> yeah. T- Tang Shin is one of those characters that, uh, it, it's kind of like Uncle Ben. You know, it's a character yeah. that is dead, but it's a character that's more useful dead than they ever were alive. Mm-hmm. And this this issue is is very much evidence of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I I, I wouldn't say I'm a huge fan of the Splinter Micro. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it gets it, it it sets out to do a job, and it does it. So. There's something to be said about that. True. Okay, let's let's go ahead and move on to eleven. Eleven? That, that's what we're on, right? Yes. It's like with nine, ten. Yeah, eleven. Eleven. This one is still Dan Duncan. Um, and this again picks up directly where the previous book left off, and that is Splinter being attacked by everybody. Mm-hmm. Um. We very very quick that now the panel of I don't know if you're looking at the book, but it's of course it's let's see page one, two, three, page four. The panel with with uh, Splinter surrounded by Foot Ninja. Oh yeah, and it just says attack at the top. Mm-hmm. Might be the best panel that Dan Duncan drew in his entire run. It's pretty boss. Yes. Yes, it's it's fantastic. So, so 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 you know I've I've talked smack about Dan Duncan a lot in the past, even on this very podcast, and I'm not going to completely apologize, <laughs> but I'm going to give props where it's due. Yeah, these these four issues look really good, and maybe it's just colored better. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, moving on, uh, the turtles are still a second time around discussing their plan of attack uh, when. Mikey's coming back with some pizza and is attacked by a local gang member. Mm-hmm. Uh, that gang member being Angel. And I think this is Angel's debut. Uh, yes, I believe it is. Yeah, it's. I really wish I could say that definitively, uh, but this is really where her character means something. So she shows up, attacks Mikey, and then uh, let's see what else happens with that story. Oh, yeah, they, there's there's a full on brawl in the street between the turtles and the purple dragons uh, that eventually is broken up by by Casey coming back and saying, hey, that you, I know that chick. That's <laughs> that's Angel. Y'all need to stop yeah. fighting. And and then it goes, you know, goes into, you know, who she is and what the purple dragons are and how like she's claiming they're not a gang. They're more like a neighborhood watch. Yeah. So like, wait, what? Yeah, I don't I don't know if I can I don't I don't know if I can stand behind the purple dragons not being a gang, but I can't. <laughs> I just can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> like you take this this gang who has been a gang since the the beginning 
Mm-hmm. And it's these, they're just, they're not very good because they they don't know how to fight. They always get the crap kicked out of them. Mm-hmm. And now they're relegated to neighborhood watch. Um, I, I like it. I have beef. I understand why you removed the teeth from, from the purple dragons, which is basically what they did is they, 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 they neutered them. Ah, oh, dang it. I was going to say that. <laughs> like, ah, took I, words. I, I get it. I get it. Especially like knowing where the story ends up going, which you don't have the, the benefit of this, but they do stuff with that later. Okay. Uh, and you can be a neighborhood watch and still be a gang. Like, a, in a lot of, like, poor neighborhoods or, or gang-filled neighborhoods in, say, New York or California, the, 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 the locals do turn, toward, turn to the gangs to, to keep the peace because they know the cops aren't going to do anything. Again, I'm not a big fan of it, but I understand where they're going with it. Right. Yeah. And so when I think of Neighborhood Watch, I think about a bunch of old ladies. And you should, because that's what Neighborhood Watches are. Yeah. They're paranoid old ladies in subdivisions. Yeah. Um, Carrying mace and maybe a mini bat. <laughs> Next up, we have uh, Splinter, who's continuing his fight with a foot. Uh, it's, it's really impressive that they're able to stretch this foot fight uh, through basically four whole issues. We're, you know, we've gone from mid-level boss back to the grunts. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't categorize Alopex as a grunt. Well, no, we have, well, we have kind of like the, you know, the runts and then we get to a, then we get to an actual boss fight. Yes. Yes. Again, just a bunch of fighting and dialogue. Uh, then there's another fantastic panel after Alopex is defeated where Splinter is just like, come get me shredder. Yeah. You know, uh, another just wonderfully drawn panel. Um, Following that, we finally get some action taken by the turtles. Finally, uh, they find out from 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 uh, from Angel that she probably knows where all of this is going down, where the foot are hanging out, uh, and she agrees to help them. And so they head that way, and that's how this issue ends. The, the turtles are like, "We're going to head that direction. We're we're gonna we're gonna go get our dad." Yeah, um, and we it, it closes out with a with a big awesome splash page of splinter and shredder attacking each other. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it, uh, uh, this is, it, this is written very much like the penultimate, like chapter of a story, mm-hmm. like the buildup. Every, everyone is coming together for one final battle in, you know, issue, whatever, whatever it is, 12. Um, it should be noted that I, do not recall seeing Baxter or Krang in this issue whatsoever. Yeah, I don't either. And as I scroll through it uh, on my computer here, yeah, there we we did not touch on that story at all, which is it's which is interesting, but it makes sense because they're they're setting up a, a to close out a finale or yeah, clo- they're setting up a finale for a story. Uh, what do you think of issue eleven? I really enjoyed it. Again, it's it's just. You know, it's it's different takes on on different you know iterations of characters. Uh, didn't really care for the neighborhood watch thing, but you know you get it. Um, but again, the the pacing and the setup and just the the attention to detail in the story 
Like it's like I'm not bored at all. Like I'm I'm very engaged. Uh, let's see. If you're done, I'm done. Let's move to twelve. Yep. Okay. This is the last book that I can recall. I think he. I think Dan Duncan might have come back and did something else. I can't remember now. Um, but th- this is the last that he did on the main run. We'll talk about who replaces them when we get to, epi- to issue 13 uh, here in a few minutes. Um, but let's close out this, uh, this basically 12-issue arc uh, right now. The Turtles are showing up at, uh, at the Foot, Foot Clan headquarters because they were led there by the Purple Dragons. Mm-hmm. They were a- through a giant you know, fight with all of those characters... They were able to actually, of course, win. Well, win by the by their current definition of the word win. Mm-hmm. Um, and just Splinter and Shredder are just going at it. Yeah, yeah. Just full on fight. Just like two beautiful pages of just fight. Yeah, like the, the, this 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 book is about twenty four, twenty five pages long. There's a good solid. 20 pages of action uh, it, like Leo fights Karai uh, Mikey tries to take on Shredder by himself yeah there, there's uh, there's valuable in like in page flashbacks to ancient Japan I, it's, it's just I, I feel like Dan Duncan really just pulled out all the stops he was like if this is going to be my, my last hurrah let's, uh, oh, yeah. let's make this one a banger Oh yeah, uh, the the Foot Clan, they uh, they retreat. The the turtles, Casey and Angel, <laughs> are a, are able to to carry Splinter out, you know, so he can recover. And it, it's it's obviously the end of a major arc, right? And and that's on, you know, that's when you get to page like twenty one. Uh, 21 or 22, depending, depending on how you're counting them. Um, the next few pages are kind of just dedicated to setting up the next arc. And they're pretty big pages. Because Baxter straight up shoots Hob and then gets kidnapped by Krang. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, it, yeah. It's pretty bonkers. Uh, there, you know, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a couple panels and... At the end, where they're like, "Oh, we can." I hope Splinter's fine. Blah 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 blah. And Angel says bye, and April shows up, and finally, April meets Splinter. Yeah, finally, it's it's taken twelve issues. The end of issue twelve, she meets Splinter, and there's a really touching moment at the very end that I really really appreciate. Is thank you for saving my life. Yeah. And it's very easy to forget that that happened. So there's a, a much deeper connection uh, with her and Splinter probably than in any other iteration. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but also, too, to know for them to get out, because like every, it's about every version uh, of the shred of the turtle's face, they, they just they get their shells waxed by him <laughs> so hard. But this this issue, they beat the crap out of him. And I'm like, wait, 
what? Yeah, yeah. That I was not expecting how much of him. Uh, I was not expecting Schroeder to be a pushover. Well, they did have the element of surprise. They did, like yeah. a ninja do. Um, <laughs> and I mean, just wow! They just beat the crap out of him. Th- this was a very satisfying issue. Uh, I, I I don't know that much happened. You know, when you when you look at it on on paper, like the actual story bullet points. <laughs> nothing happens except old Hob gets shot, you know? <laughs> I say what? Yeah. Yeah. Like they get, they get the job done. It's, it's, it's like an event. It's exciting. It's beautiful. Um, but it really caps off a four issue arc where they're moving at a snail's pace. What else do you got on issue 12? I mean, I felt, I kind of felt that the, the fight between shredder and splinter had more weight to it because of both because of the rich character and story development mm-hmm. um, uh, as compared to previous iterations. Um, of course, we see Karai not really where she should be. She's kind of more like, feels more like a beginner in this because she's pretty easy to beat. Yeah. And, so and, she's just, and, and, she, and we touch upon, they'll touch upon that in you know issues that are to come. Yeah, other than that, that's that's pretty much all my I've got about that. Okay, okay. Well, with that said, let's jump over to the Casey Jones micro. Uh, this one was written by Mike Costa uh, and Ben Epstein. Art was done by Mike Henderson. Uh, again, I, it's what's that? Well, I was gonna say I gotta say I'm really digging on this art. Like it's. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I just really, really dig it. Like this kind of reminds me who was the one that did the, uh, the art, uh, for the first appearance. Was it the, the Raphael mini? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Raphael that Frank, Micro? Frank Uru. He was the one, was the name of that one. He was the guy that passed away. Right. 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 So this very much feels like kind of similar. I can, I, I can see that. I can see that. To that. Um, it kind of has a, 90s movie, yeah, you know, ninety the first film uh, style slash Batman the animated series kind of feel to it, sort of in some of the panels. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's there's a there's a tone to the to this book. Yeah, Casey in some scenes, you know, kind of looks like a young Bruce Wayne. I was like, hey, I look, that's Bruce Wayne, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But um, yeah, I'm I'm just really digging the art in this. Great deal. Yeah, I, 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 I think I would stop short of saying that I dig it. Um, I get the tone that they're trying to, to set, and I, and I can appreciate it, and it's, it's a welcome change. I don't think I like the way Raphael looks at all, except when he was wearing a leather jacket. That was kind of dope. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's, let's, let's actually talk content here, because as I said before, the, the – the, the Casey micro rehashes a lot of what we already knew about the character. Uh, we knew that his mom died. We knew that his mom made him uh, make the promise to take care of his dad. Uh, we knew that his dad beat him when he got drunk. You know, we, we, like all of these, these fundamental character traits are completely on display here. And they basically write a story to go underneath it to show you the real world 
implications of all of these things that we know about Casey. And this, the story, I, like, I can go over the details real quick. Uh, Casey's dad owes somebody money, and they basically tell him he has 48 hours to get it, uh, get it to him. Jones finds out, or Casey finds out, so him and Raph go and find the dudes. They basically beat him up and say Casey Jones is, or, or what's his name, Arthur, or Casey's dad is, he, he's he's even, he's square, you know, he doesn't know anything, and when Casey and Raph get back home, uh, his dad is completely wasted, beats the crap out of him, and Casey leaves and to, to go hang out with the Turtles. Even though he's being saved by his son, there is no appreciation there. There's no understanding that that he is weak, that he's an alcoholic, that he has problems that need to be fixed. Instead, Casey's just letting him beat his problems into Casey. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a very sad, very sad book. It is. It's it's very like draining. Uh, agreed. It was real. I don't have any yeah, other way yes, to describe it's, it's, it. It's yeah. a very real... Um, I wrote down a quote. Your dad is not strong like you. And that's that's a quote from Casey's mom, uh, yeah. which I, I is, is probably... If, if you're going to encompass this entire micro with one sentence, I, I feel like that's the one. There's a lot of weight to those words. Yeah, because it... it, it, it it inadvertently places a lot of responsibility on Casey's shoulders and Casey's a kid when he's in college. So yeah. seeing all of that play out on paper is tragic, but by the end, you, by the end, I, I feel like it's a hero's journey. Oh, definitely. You know, because all of these things that have happened, all this stuff that he has to go through could leave him jaded. Could it, it, this could be the beginning of the Joker, you know? Oh yeah. You know, Casey Jones Joker, but instead he still comes out as the good guy. He is still trying to save and protect his dad. And, and it's, it, it's, it, it's, I really like this book. I really like this one. I don't like that. It, you know, again, I, said my piece about it being a rehash, but I really do like the emotion of this book. I wanted to. Fantastic, Jeff. Yeah. Do you have anything else before we move on? Mm, no, I mean, that was about, that was about it for that one. Okay. Covered up my bullet points. Then let's move on to book 13. Uh, this one, of course, like all of them, are written by is written by Eastman and Waltz, but the art is done by Andy Kuhn. Kuhn I don't I don't know if that's how you pronounce that. Kuhn Kuhn Kuhn. It's K U H N. Is how it's mm. is how it's spelled. Probably Kuhn. Probably Kuhn. Uh, yeah. I'm just gonna be straight straight up. I am not a fan of ah. this guy's art for the most part. Some of the panels, yes. Some, no. Um, I can agree with that. Uh, I do. I do like the coloring. Seems to be a bit more vibrant. Yeah, yeah. Um, and not as dark. Um, and Rhonda, Rhonda uh, Patterson did the uh, the colors. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't hate it, but again, you know, some panels are better. You know, 
Uh, yeah. The, the, the thing is, like, I really like his shredder. Oh yeah. Yeah, like I really like his shredder. I I like a lot of his his like art set pieces. Like the, the 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 cover that he did for I think sixteen, yeah sixteen where you have Slash's head above the turtles and the t- turtles are all washed out in like an orange. Oh yeah, like that's, that's really stunning. Cool. Like I I feel like if I saw this guy at a comic con, I would buy a print before I would ask him to do a comic. But this is of course only based on four books, four maybe five if he did a, a micro here or there. It was when this guy stepped in, I was like, ah, oh, I didn't know what I had when we had Duncan. Yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of grew to appreciate him even more. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about the story uh, in issue 13. Uh, the turtles seem to be enjoying life in second time around. Uh, just digging around, finding all kinds of stuff. Those are collectibles. Yeah, yeah. Just just having a grand old time. They got their dad back. They're just chilling. Uh, and then suddenly, who stumbles in? Casey. He stumbles in from his micro. So yeah. it, it, it fed kind of right in, uh, in into the beginning of this story. Uh, this is kind of the catalyst for the payoff for the whole anger story. Because as soon as, as, as Casey stumbles in, Raphael storms out. Uh, he knows where Casey lives. He's, he, he wants to, 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 to take out this, this, this anger he has towards Casey's dad directly on Casey's dad. Uh, cut to the Shredder and Karai. Karai is training and just just beating the absolute piss out of uh, foot soldiers or foot 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 ninja, and it's just not good enough for for the Shredder. Uh, and the Shredder's basically like, "You're never going to be my what is it a Chunin?" Yeah, my second in command. Basically, yeah. we've we've got to find someone who's good enough because you ain't it. Yeah. Uh. We found out that that's actually his granddaughter. Yeah, which it's. I don't. And in some versions, like, isn't that his actual daughter? It, it it's it, Karai's history changes every single time that they write her. Mm-hmm. But we'll have a Karai episode eventually, and we'll break all that stuff down. Yeah. Um. Finally, we get back to the to the Baxter. And Krang story. Baxter wakes up. Uh, doesn't know where he is. Kind of stumbles into the hallway. Walks through some doors. And finds a whole room full of Utram. Yeah. That yeah. Like, that legit looked like Krang from the 87 cartoon. Yeah. 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 They're, 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 they're basically in test tubes. Or it's suspend, suspended animation. Uh, and here's the big reveal where Baxter learns that Krang is an extraterrestrial. Yeah. Which, again, it how many issues? It took thirteen issues for someone to realize that. Yeah. So that 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 was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Raphael is taking out his anger on uh, on Casey's dad. Uh, really, just just again beating the crap out of him. Uh, Splinter followed him there. You know, of course, in fear that Raphael's anger would get the best of him, and he would have a murder on his hands. Uh, and uh, as I said before, this this is kind of where the whole splinter learning from his anger in the splinter micro f- plays out. We actually get to see the the, the parenting, and 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 that's really the cliffhanger here. 
the, 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 the issue ends with, with Splinter holding a sigh to Casey's dad's neck. Yeah. The thing is, his sighs aren't sharp, so it's going to take a lot of stabbing yeah. to actually yeah. kill him <laughs> that way. <laughs> There's a lot of seeds planted here uh, for future story, story elements, story arcs. Um, and I, this is the part, this is the point where I feel like it's moving a little bit faster. It's moving a little faster than it did in the previous four, uh, books. What do you think? Uh, yes, most definitely. Um, there was a moment where I was like, wait, what? Um, when you've got the banter back and forth between, uh, Shredder and Karai, um, he's just like totally just picking on her saying you're not good enough, basically. And she mentioned that she brought him back from the dead. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like, this is, this is very much a Ron Burgundy say what? Yeah. 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 And, and, and there is more to come on that. Not in oh. any of these issues, but there's more to come. Oh, that planting that seed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The future, yeah. Like, wow. Yeah, I, I feel like this is the first issue where IDW was like, we kind of have a hit on our hands. People are buying this book. Let's really start swinging for the fences because yeah. they planted all kinds of crazy seeds in, in, in the next four books. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Are we, ready I, to, are we ready to move on or are you still got something for this? Yes. Issue? No, I, I totally did not see Splinter be like, I thought Splinter was like just going to bust in, take Raph away. I was like, I did not expect him to threaten that dude. With a sigh. Oh, yeah. Like, ah, to and, what, what? Right, right. And and that, it's surprising in and of itself, but it has more of an impact after having read the Splinter Micro. Oh, yeah. I like it. I like it. Yeah, I do too. I dig it. Number 14. Uh, still still drawn by Kuhn. Um, it, we pick up exactly where we left off. Splinter holding a, a sigh to Casey's dad's neck. And this is where the whole I had to overcome my anger and he teaches Raphael, you know, and he just asks him just straightforward questions like, is this the honorable thing to do? What good will come of it? Uh, do you think Casey will be in a better place if we slit this guy's throat? It, it, it's extremely effective. It's an, it's an effective two or three pages that ends with, with Splinter basically double downing on his I'm going to slit this guy's throat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I really, really liked. Uh, we find out that, uh, that Krang and, and, and Baxter are on Burno Island. Um, and that is where Krang is basically hanging out uh, because his people uh, no longer inhabit the planet of what? What's it? Uh, Ut- Utrominum? Yeah. Utramanam? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so here's where we're starting to get decent Krang backstory. Uh, we see a, a glimpse of the trans. What's it, what's it called? Trans portal device or trans dimensional portal. That's it. Yeah. We. Okay. I, I, I want to hear your opinion on specifically this the neutrinos. Man. <laughs> I was like, okay, like I started le- on the left, like so. 
the whole thing with like Baxter and like you know, and Crane talking, like then all of a sudden an alarm, an alarm goes off, and I was like, hang on a minute, let me let me get back to you in just a minute, Baxter, and it was like all of a sudden two of the most familiar neutrinos that we know from the 87 cartoon jump through and like, all right, let's do this. I'm like, nope. <laughs> I'm like, wait, did they just fry those two dudes? Are they dead? And like a boss, not even missing a beat, Crane just throws them. They just get straight up shot, thrown yeah. back. Spoiler. Uh, and then thrown back through the portal. Like, okay. And we were, we were saying like it was nothing. And I'm yeah. like, holy crap. Yeah, yeah. Like, th- this th- this is one of the moments, like, one of the early moments in the book where I was, like, the entire run of the book where I was like, this this is another level. You know, you're, you're treading in familiar water. You're treading in all of the predictable waters. You know, you expected th- this story beat to happen. You expect these characters to show up. You don't expect the neutrinos to pop out of a dimensional portal. But, like, are they truly dead? That's the question that I'm being left with. Um, you know, I honestly, the only thing I want to point out is they were never named. Oh, well, that's true. Yeah. So these two neutrinos, whether or not they're dead or alive, since they were not named, they don't matter. Fair point. Especially since the neutrinos are a race of, of aliens. Yeah. Um, with that said, Craig ain't playing around. Yeah. With, with that said, the turtles universe just got j- just exponentially got bigger mm-hmm. because now we've established that Krang is uh, Krang is a neutrum. He is from another dimension in that dimension. His planet was destroyed and he's trying to take over the planet and the neutrinos, you know, like all of this was, was, was thrown in our laps very quickly in this issue. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's very much, Elements from the '87 cartoon, but made serious. Yes, yes. Which, which I think was the overall intent that they had wanted to do with the original show. Um, so, by doing this, I feel that it is it's it's a nice kind of a loving tribute to that show, and like because that was just everybody pretty much growing up in the '80s. We all grew up with this, and like, what do they do now? Oh, we're gonna write Turtles comics. It, yeah, yeah. Like let's 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 treat these weird side characters from the what the first season of the turtles. Mm-hmm. Let's treat them with a reverence and, and a respect that no one has ever done 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 before. Yeah, and, and totally take Krang and turn him into like something awesome. Yeah, yeah, just vicious. Just yeah, I've I've I, I love this 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 book might be my favorite of this run. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, like of the of the ones that we read, like the twelve that we read. Um, to close that off, the last thing that they show us there is the Technodrome being built. Who? Yeah, that is, that's quite a panel. I'm not yeah, going to say it's, I'm not going to say it's beautiful, but it's it's stunning because of what it is. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Yeah. Um, we cut back uh, the. D- Splinter and Raphael decide not to kill <laughs> Casey's dad. The lesson is learned. Raph needs to handle his anger and his his emotion. Um, and the, the the big the big reveal at the end is that uh, 
uh, Splinter says, "Yeah, yeah." So like okay, after yeah. after well, I mean well, after Splinter and Raphael were like, "Okay, get Casey's stuff. We're leaving." Right, and he 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 says he he reveals, "Hey, Casey, should you want to, you can live with us." Yeah, even though they technically don't have a place to live. They're, they're living in an in an old uh, second hand second hand shop, uh, but he's he's basically said, "Casey, your family, you 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 can stay here," which is awesome. Yeah, and the the core of it is very the the emphasis I think more than ever before is on family, and we're like, "Hey, we're not related," because hey, I a giant rat, they four big turtles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but that's blood doesn't is not what makes family, right? Right. You know, and that's a very, I think that that's like an extension to friends, and you know, of course, for your friends, depending upon who they are, do end up becoming your family. Yeah, um, yeah. which is a beautiful touch um, in this issue, which I, I love very much. The, the, there are also two very very big reveals in the last three pages. One, Splinter fully intends on murdering the Shredder. He yeah. makes it very clear that that is that is it, that is the end game here. Uh, I don't like it, but it's inevitable because he is evil. The other, the other thing is, the Shredder has taken a liking to Leonardo and sees him as a born leader. Mm-hmm. And wants him as his Chunin instead of Karai. Leo is, I'm going to say, and I, I totally get that. Why? Because Leo is just on point in this series. Like, probably better than any of the other ones that I've seen. They've done some really good stuff with Leo's character. And, yeah, I, I'm going to say it right now. This is my favorite. This is my favorite book in this run. Because there are so many effective and important reveals mm-hmm. wrapped around the the classic tale of Raphael learning how to handle his anger. It's never been done this way. Like usually it's done with the whole let me meet, you know, uh Casey Jones story. We we got the we got the let me teach you a lesson on in anger story that we we always get like that that it doesn't matter the iteration that always happens, but then we also get hit with neutrinos. We get hit with the Krang, uh, with Krang. We get hit with the the Leo and the, and that we're gonna murder Shredder stuff. Like there's so much in this book. I can't appreciate this one enough. What else you got for number fourteen? I mean that I mean you about covered all the points. I mean that's it. Awesome, 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 awesome. Uh, Okay, Jeff. Uh, so, as I'm you know, gonna, I'm just gonna before we start. I'm just gonna say I legit about fell asleep reading this. <laughs> no disrespect. I just yeah. But before I get started, I just want to say uh, I absolutely adore Kevin Eastman. Yeah, like his his work on this with uh, with Waltz has been magic his 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 work creating the turtles changed my life he's on the short list of people that i would be ultra uncomfortable meeting because i would be too fanboyish to hold myself together right 
with that said, in, two th- in 2012, IDW commissioned an annual from him. Uh, and when I say from him, I mean from him. Like, but he did the story and the art. It's not good. No. Like, it is. It, it, it reminds me so much of what is it, the Unmentionables book? Yeah. In, in, in the, the Mirage run, it, it just. He's, I get what he's trying to do. Like he's trying to tell a story of you know gang violence and, and stuff in, in in New York, and it just doesn't have any teeth. And it's goofy, it's awkward, it's hard to keep track of who the characters are, even though all of them are labeled. It's black and white, so that's kind of yeah, yeah. Like it, it was originally written in bla- published in black and white. All, all, like later on, they they did a deluxe edition that was in color. What I, uh, I just, it's so, so long. <laughs> it's slow. It's so long. It's 69 pages of just slog. So much stuff, man. And nothing happens. Absolutely nothing. I mean, the art's None of great. the characters end up mattering. None of the events really matter at all. What what we get out of it is a, a a bit more of an understanding who the Savate Ninja are. Basically, uh, <laughs> that's what it described. Discount Ninja. D- yeah, yeah. Like it's it's got some some cool panels, and I really appreciate the efforts that they went to make it look like it was done on Duo Shade. Yeah, because a lot of these panels f- feel like old Mirage panels, which is cool. But I don't want to have to read it again. I really don't want to either. Yeah, yeah. So I, I apologize for any any negative feelings I have towards this book specifically. But there is a reason Kevin Eastman does not do a lot of this, like nowadays. Uh, it, it, IDW has published just over two hundred Ninja Turtles comics. Kevin Eastman is only directly responsible for three of them. Yeah. He's he's had his hand on all of them. I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not discounting him completely, but they haven't just let him loose. Yeah, but, like doing lots of covers and like doing he's he's done an alternate cover for every issue. Right? Yes, he has. Yeah, yeah, he's done an alternate cover for every issue. He's even done alternate covers for DC for the, the like the Batman uh, Turtles crossovers. Like he he is a Ooh. prolific, beautiful cover artist. Uh, and like one day, I hope to have something that he drew tattooed on my skin. Like that's that's how badly I like this dude. I just but if you can get away with reading the IDW books and not read this one, you might be doing yourself a favor. Yeah, it is not essential to the story overall. No. no. Uh, so so how'd that feel to 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 get out of your system? It felt good. <laughs> Honestly, that's that that's the worst of what we read. The rest of yep. these are kind of really good. Yeah, yeah. Like even the even the micro, like the next micro that we're going to talk about uh, is uh, April O'Neil. Really, really enjoyed this a lot. Really? Yeah. Uh, let's see. The art was done by Barbara Randall. I'm sorry, Barbara Randall Kessel. Cassell. Cassell. I'm going to say Cassell. Uh, yeah. 
That, no, that was who the story was by. Art was by Marley Zar- Zarkon. I can't even read my, my writing. Mm. But, yeah, so the April Micro. What is my main complaint about the a- April character? Making her, like, oh, she can fight now. Oh, don't do that. Exactly, yeah. But yeah. I like that. <laughs> don't make her a ninja because you don't know how else to write her. Yeah. Like, that, that's, that's my complaint. Don't, don't that's just... A, it's a valid complaint. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how to write this person, so how do I get them out of you know their jams? Then we'll just make her a ninja. Well, not really a ninja per se, because Casey's teaching her self defense. Right, so, right, but that's that like that's a very different thing. Yeah, this story is is April deciding on where she fits into the turtles' lives. Uh it opens up with her having a dream of being a turtle and being chased by what looks to be Foot Ninja. Mm-hmm. She wakes up. She's like, that was really weird. She then offers to help the turtles by uh, sneaking into um, Stock Gen to steal the turtle tracker that was previously in the Donatello, uh, the Donatello micro. The turtles are like, you probably shouldn't do that. Blah, 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 blah. It's dangerous. She's like, I don't care. You know, if if I'm in for a penny, I'm in for a pound, that kind of stuff. And when she goes in to do this, because technically she's still like an intern or she works there, mm-hmm. Chet is kind of standing in the way. Chet's, Chet's not letting her do what she's trying to do. Um, so she devises this, this immediate plan to throw a cup of coffee onto some wires, cause a short out, and it is basically a... Uh, a distraction yeah. for her to grab the turtle tracker. Yeah. Yeah. So cool little plan. Problem is, is that her spilling that, that, that coffee kind of, um, caused a breach in their containment machines. And it's really the catalyst for a lot of what comes next in the next three books. Mm-hmm. Uh, because she like ultimately, she does not get the tracker or does she get the tracker that 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 was hard for me to follow okay she was able to stash the tracker somewhere in like a microwave and she planned on coming to get it later <laughs> when no one was looking was it a microwave or a safe it, it looks like a microwave it's it's a microwave safe it totally does like a microwave <laughs> uh so she comes back later and is looking to just sneak in and she escapes but so does who jeff we don't know. Do it mean, looks like know? well, it looks like some kind of big turtle. As, as a as a turtle's aficionado. Well, who, I, I will like, get I will get to that in a minute because it's kind it is a little confusing. How is that? Okay, okay. Well, we're we're basically at the end of the story. Uh, how is it confusing? What's what's confusing? Well, because that comes up in issue fifteen. Uh, oh, it comes up in issue sixteen. Okay. Because it could be one character, but it could be another. I I get what you're I, I get what you're getting at. The whole it could be slash, it could be Toka. Yeah. Uh, there is one context clue specifically in this book that tells us who it is. Tell about the palm tree. The palm tree. Yeah. Am I wrong? No, you're not. You're definitely <laughs> not. But it just confused the crap out of me because. You know, when issue 16 comes around, I'm like, wait, what? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, we're we're led to believe that Slash is the turtle that has escaped, um, specifically because he grabbed a palm tree, and that is kind of a Slash thing. Like, yeah, I can't, from the can't remember all of the was it was it was was that his thing in the original cartoon? Yeah, his binky. Is Binky? That's right. I know yeah. that they touched on that in the, the the Archie comics. I just couldn't remember from the cartoon. Mm. With that said, uh, what did you like about this issue so much? It's just, just more like I like espionage stuff. So I like when they break into places, and it just I, just I like I like the April character more because if she's given more stuff to do, it feels very Mary Jane esque. Mm-hmm. Like in the Spider-Man uh, video game uh, for PS4. Yeah, yeah, very Lois Laney. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I, just, I really, I really enjoyed it. Um, and then, of course, was shocked to see Slash, and he looks fantastic too. Um, yeah. So it looks like he's got one green eye and one yellow eye, or that could just be the lighting. I don't know, but that's kind of cool looking. Did you notice? Her her uh, costume change at the end. Oh, the yellow jumpsuit. Yeah, I don't know if that was. Dr- well, yeah, I just they don't like that. It's like that's a toxic waste suit. I really appreciate this. As I said, as I said at the top, I appreciate that this is the the issue where April takes the initiative to insert herself into the dealings of the turtles. Mm-hmm. She volunteers for this. You know, this this wasn't something she stumbled upon. It's not something that she was like, oh, well, what's this over here? Is that the turtle tracker? No, she went in with a mission and accomplished the mission, despite it being very bad for her to do so. Yeah. So so it it, it shows a strength in the April character. It it better tells us who she is because she has not gotten much screen time so, or, or page time so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so. While I'm not a huge fan of espionage stuff, and it it may seem kind of unbelievable, her you know being able to get away from a rock soldier doesn't matter. What it says about the April character is what's important to the story. Mm-hmm. So that's what I appreciate. Yeah, I'm so glad they introduced Slash this early. I am too. I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, unless you have anything else, let's move on to fifteen. 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 Last two. Last two. Here's where we kind of get the, ba- the the slash backstory. We 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 you know they let the the actual escape play out in the the side book, but when it comes to explaining who Slash is and where he comes from and why, you know, why he's different from the turtles, they do that in this one in number fifteen. It's it's explained that let's see that they used a smaller amount of mutagen on him over a longer period of time. And that's why it took him longer to mature. But they were able to basically build in some mind control into that because of the, you know, how long they had to work with it. Uh, he, they basically made him very violent and very dumb. Uh, he escapes, of course, at the end of the April Micro. And in this one, they established that he's been wreaking havoc in New York. Yeah, and it's essentially a turtle tracker. <laughs> yes. Uh, we have a great, just one page of, like, hey, Mikey, where's Mikey get all this cool pizza? All this free pizza, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he gets it from Woody. Yeah, and there's this whole, like, 
this kind of pulled on me because like they've gone through a lot in you know in these 14 you know uh, issues and Mikey just kind of talks to Woody about it and then Woody just kind of gives him some words of encouragement which I thought was really cool and just really nice um, yeah. some pie yeah. and some wisdom is what you get from your local pizza man uh, I, I do like Woody's character. You know, he, he just strikes me as a stoner who's like, dude, you're green. You want a pizza? Yeah, man. That, that may not be true. <laughs> some wings and some breadsticks, too. Yeah. Uh, so to the story, the turtles are looking for a new home. Um, Donnie has basically set his eye on a bunker that is located under a church that has been abandoned. And he's like, if we can live there, no one will know that we're there and we can, you know, come and go as we please and not be nearly as dangerous as just living in an antique store. Yeah. Uh, they head that way. They're still scoping this, this, uh, this busted uh, church. And while they're there, who do they encounter? But Slash himself. Yeah. But I can see how you could look at the, look at slashes how he's drawn in this one, and think, hmm, that looks more like Toka. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. It's two completely different styles. Uh, yeah, altogether. It's it's such a weird situation where the style of the drawing is so different that it may look like a completely different character. Now, towards the end, of course, they give you the reason that he's slash. He where he, you know, rips a guy's shirt off and turns it into a, you know, a, a, a black mask. Like, like slash wears. So, you know, they're, they're, they're telling you all the, all the clues. And at some point they even name drop slash. I think it was when, you know, the turtles are very happy with their new, with with the home that they find, but they are attacked by Slash and have to deal with it. And actually, looking at this, his eyes are green and yellow. Oh, so then maybe that is maybe that's a thing. That's that's going to stay a thing. Yeah. Um, Slash beats the crap out of the turtles very quickly. I mean, he's like the Hulk. He he, he really is. He he is he is the Hulk of the turtles. And they they end the issue with the turtles in immediate peril. Uh, because Slash wants to kill them. Uh, what, what did you What did you think of this one? I really enjoyed this one uh, a great deal. Um, there's a lot of just fantastic moments. Uh, uh, we have a and, and there's a moment that just gutted me, and I'll I'll get to that in a minute. But mm-hmm. uh, one of my favorite moments because I keep talking about Splinter and watching his soap operas, and they kind of pick on him. Like Casey's yeah. like, isn't that for, isn't that for old people? It was like, <laughs> you know, and uh, aren't these like, you know, these are kind of these shows are kind of ridiculous. And then Splinter's in the middle of cooking, and he turns around, and is like ridiculous, and he's like, he's wearing an apron that says "I walk, therefore I am." And there's like mm-hmm. a freaking sweet potato in an apron, and a chef hat. I'm like, okay, he's like, uh, maybe not, maybe it's not ridiculous, <laughs> um, which is pretty great. Um, and, uh, you know, as we go through the episode, you know, turtles are kind of exploring their, you know, their new digs. And of course they find slash and, uh, or slash finds them and, uh, just awesome, awesome fight beats, you know, just kind of throughout. 
And uh, we find out that through slash hunting, the, or tracking, hunting the turtles down, um, that he attacked Woody. I legit thought he was dead. He only suffered minor injuries, which is, and trauma. And I was like, whew, whew. I was about to like, get real emotional. And yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, it's really just evidence that the turtles' simple existence is risky to anyone that they spend time with. Yeah, this was this was a great issue. I I, I agree. I, I this whole slash arc is is intriguing. I don't know why. And and uh, you know I I talk a lot of Yang about uh, Coon's art. I like how hectic he draws slash. Mm-hmm. He it's, there's just a, a ferocity to 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 you know how he portrays that character, and it it kind of needs it. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So, um, let's see what happens in issue sixteen. Well, we pick up right where we left off in fifteen. With yep, basically yep. the turtles look like they're all dead, and Slash got Leo pinned up against the wall, about ready to, about ready to just kill him. Yep. And uh, when it comes to story. There's only a few things in the turtles part of this that that that, that 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 really bears mentioning, and that is, the turtles are overwhelmed. Slash is there to kill them. They have learned that Slash is basically programmed to do so, and there's no way they can stop him. They are already dealing with the idea that they may have to kill Shredder in the future, and it's it's. Because that was literally set up two or three issues ago. Uh, the the fight continues. They're continually just getting beat. They cannot beat this giant turtle. And if we're going to go ahead and just jump to the end of that part of the story, Leonardo accidentally stabs him between his plastron, which for turtles is like the front belly part, and his shell. Like it goes down through his basically his collarbone. And Slash pulls the sword out and collapses into the sewer, not to be seen again. Yeah. Immediately, the turtles think, we killed that thing. Or Leonardo killed that thing. He didn't mean to kill that thing, but this is our first kill. Like, this, this is terrible. It weighs very heavily on all of the, you know, the turtles' consciences. And it's a very important moment in the, the arc of these characters. Uh, I, I, I'm, I go to a very similar thing like in, in season five of Samurai Jack, where throughout the first four seasons, all he did was fight robots because, well, kids show. And what happens when he actually kills his first human, that weight is extremely heavy. So that, that's the best correlation I can relate to. Uh, with this and it's 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 a a great story beat um and i like to see the weight of that um yep yep i I completely agree it's 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 an emotional way to end this four issue arc uh, uh especially leaving the turtles in a in a spot where there's uncertainty as to what what happened and they're a bit vulnerable right um so on a lighter note, uh, over in the the Baxter story, uh, he's still on Burno Island 
helping to construct the Technodrome, still complaining that Chet is dropping the ball left and right, making sure that his name can't be tied to the, the you know the slash monster. Mm-hmm. Um, just just a lot of uh, setting up the next arc. Just to be honest, that's exactly what Baxter is doing in, in those panels, setting up the next arc. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Splinter has some really, really great words of uh, both encouragement and uh, of like parenting. He's just like, don't speak ill of your of your brother. He's the one who has this and he has this. He's the heart. You know, the only reason he hurts so much is because of you know what he expects out of people because he has such a you know a big heart. Like he, Splinter's words about his children in those moments are beautiful. They are, and it it was it touched me a great deal, and it makes me identify more. Of course, we're we're he's talking to Raphael about not picking on Michelangelo, um, and I identify more with Mikey probably now than I ever have. In, in other iterations because that kind of mirrors my personality as well. Um, yeah. And what I'm about to say next literally gutted me. Like I got a little teary. I'm not going to lie. I was like, Oh God, why, why are you making me feel stuff? I was like, Oh, like, so one constant in Mikey's life is food. And, and the comfort that pizza brings to that. And so he's like, I'm going to go see Woody. And on the dumpster, he, he goes to knock on the door and that, you know, nobody's answering. So on the dumpster, there's a pizza with a note to Mikey. And it says, hey, man, I don't think I can deal with the kind of stuff that follows you and your brothers. I'll keep the pizzas coming, though. And Mikey is just gutted. And it gutted me. I was just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> You do not upset my precious like that. <laughs> oh, just oh man, I just hurt because like I felt his pain in that yeah. panel. Yep, yep. There, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of pain in this in this issue, you know, yes. like the physical it, and mentally. Yeah, like the last shot of of uh, Leo just staring at Slash's mask. There's a lot of emotion in that. You know, even though we find out literally the very next page in the epilogue that Slash is very much alive. Yeah. And so is Hob. Of course. Which kind of bothers me. It bothered me at the time, and reading it again still bothers me. You have two characters who you have left for dead. You know? Why not hold that reveal until next issue? I'm going to give you that. Definitely. You know? I'm fine with them not being dead because it's a comic book. But at least let us sit for a month, yeah, thinking that Leonardo has killed something or someone, yeah. something, yeah, yeah. It would bring more weight to it, yeah. But I guess it's fine. Uh, the, again, they're setting up the next story arc, and basically, what we find is Hob pulling uh, Slash out of the uh, the river and holding a vial of Splinter's blood, which we 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 know has you know the the cocktail inside of it that has the ability to, to change things. Yeah. So, and that, that's it. That's, that's the, the that is the story that we, that we read, you know, um, what did you think about this last one? I know we've already kind of covered the, the big emotional stuff. Yeah. Um, again, it's like, you know, originally when they announced 
that they were rebooting uh, the comic series and hearing from people that were die-hard die Turtles fans. Of course, they shunned uh, certain things. And I was like, look, you know, they, they kind of like bash this new series. I was like, well, you're wrong. Because uh, <laughs> it's, 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 I've thoroughly been enjoying uh, this different take. Well, it's familiar, but it's, it treads new ground where it needs to. And I definitely encourage people to go out and go to your local comic shop, pick up a pick up the trades, or don't do it yet though. Like not you should yet. Be quarantined right now. You should be quarantined. Download the digital version. Um, you know, order them. Order them from from Amazon. Like there's 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 there are ways to read these. Yeah. Well, read you them. can't get them from Amazon yet because they, they deem that not essential. But what? Yeah, you can't order stuff except it's medical supplies or whatever. But you can, they'll you, get to you, you eventually. You can order. I can. I can order a comic book right now. I want to put that to the test. I like if even if it's not Amazon, like go to eBay. Like there's people selling comic books right now. Well, yeah, go to eBay. Whatever. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I I'm just going by what Amazon told me. So. <laughs> but back to what you were saying about <laughs> reading this. But yeah, no, I've thoroughly been enjoying this run because, you know, I'm more of a visual guy in the sense of like, I like, you know, I don't do a whole lot of reading, but I've really just really been enjoying uh, this. And yes, I know comics are visual, too, but it's, you know, animation, movies, stuff like that. Um, but I'm, I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying my dive into this. Yeah. And, and, and I like at this point, having covered what 20 some odd issues now uh i can say I don't, I'm, I'm comfortable saying this out loud if you call yourself a turtles fan and cannot find something to like in this series you may not be a turtles fan Ooh, like Ooh. there are problems it's not a perfect series right but if you don't find something to like then you may just not like turtles I'm going to jump in with that, too. Hot takes. Next time, we are covering it, probably your favorite version of the Turtles. At least that's what I hear. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're going to be covering no. the second half of the Next Mutation Saban series. Oh, good. And it, we will be able to finally put a, put a, put a bow on that uh, and never, ever have to watch it again. You know, I like a lot of a lot of stuff that most people don't like. This, yes, you do. Oh God, this is bad, even even by my standards. Hey, hey, don't judge it before you watch it again. So we're gonna oh, watch it, oh, and, I, and I, then I, we might poo poo on it. I'm gonna poo poo all over it. But we have to watch it again to do so. Jeff, where can we find you? Well, Sergio, once we've been uh, out, once we're out of quarantine, uh, you can find me at the Warp Zone Arcade. Uh, located in Crossgates, Brandon, Mississippi. Uh, we do tournaments, birthday parties, um, all kinds of other stuff in between. 500 plus games. Uh, Neo Geo being one of our biggest uh, draws, uh, especially with uh, King of Fighters, Fatal Fury, uh, Windjammers being one of our top uh, most requested, most played. Um, games. Um, we're probably going to be doing gift cards soon, so people can uh, support us while we're uh, closed during the quarantine. Uh, 
Um, so they'll stay tuned to our, our, our social media on Facebook and Instagram um, for those. And if, whatever you guys can give would be much appreciated so we can keep rolling because we kind of love, you know, doing what we do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm Sergio. I'm the Reality Breach guy. We just released two really good episodes kind of about uh, coronavirus. One of them, me and Daniel, uh, the reality recalibrated guy, go deep on the uh, social impact that this is going to have. And the other one is way lighter, where we just talk about streaming television shows uh, while we're sitting at home in our PJs. So check yeah. both of those out on realitybreached.com uh, or just like um, just like Shellheads, you can subscribe to all of our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere that you find podcasts. Tune in next time. Uh, I'm Sergio. I'm Jeff. And we're quarantined. No, I'm sorry. We're, we're social. We're social distance heads. <laughs> See you next time. Don't miss an episode of the Shellheads podcast. Visit realitybreach.com or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or anywhere you get your podcasts.